The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line. You're on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. We have made it to the end of the week. Congratulations. The weekend is here. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. It's another beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area. We have so much to get to on the show today. On the line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob, go with Carter Bird with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Carter, happy Friday, man. Man, I'm excited. It's this this is gonna be such a fun weekend of college football for like so many different reasons. There's just storylines everywhere, good games everywhere. It's just gonna be so much fun to to watch it all happen. Uh, I mean, obviously you've got Cadillac Williams leading uh Auburn to Starkville in his first game as interim head coach, but then you've got all of these big matchups, Georgia, Tennessee, you've got uh even Kansas, Oklahoma State, where Kansas is favored. And you go down the list, Alabama, LSU, Texas, K-State, Clemson, Notre Dame. So many big games this weekend, and I'm excited for it. That's right, and you guys have after the game tomorrow night. You and Jack Cutton will have a late night here in the studio after Auburn and Mississippi State wrap-up. You'll have after the game presented by Urgent Care Clinic. So you guys will go on the air, 9.30, 10 o'clock, somewhere around in there. Uh, As soon as Auburn and Mississippi State are done, tune in right here for after the game with Carter Bird and our good friend Jack Cutton, who uh, is the voice of the Auburn High School Basketball Tigers, who played last night. Uh, They opened up their season so uh, excited for that but the after the game will be tomorrow night after Auburn and Mississippi State so be sure you tune in for that but we have so much to get to today here on the show Jack will join us in studio for hour number two like he has been all football season long we'll be making our picks for a lot of those games that Carter just talked about and we're going to get into some of the details about those games in just a second but in the second hour we'll make our picks for all of those college football games with Jack Cudden and ultimately we'll make our picks for Auburn and Mississippi State but here in hour number one looking around some of the games in college football then we'll have question of the day we're going to talk about this weekend and how it impacts the Auburn head coaching search because there's some logistics that if there's certain things and there's like three or four different Mm -hmm. things that could take place not only this weekend but over the coming month exactly that could affect the what what could potentially happen and so we're going to get into that as well but phone lines are open all day long today we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us that number again 334-321-1390 anything on your mind in the college football world anything on your mind in the sports world uh, we'd love to hear from you what is your game of the day tomorrow what games are you watching what are your picks for tomorrow how are you feeling about Auburn and Mississippi State I feel like there is a new 
new energy about this game coming up tomorrow and I think there's going to be a new energy for the rest of this year we'll get into that as well but we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 so starting to look around college football and looking at the games coming up Carter you already talked about it a little bit there are some massive massive matchups going on around the country how about Oregon State Washington they played tonight you got some Friday night college football for whatever that reason is Washington is the favorite by four and a half points over the ranked team Oregon State that's right that's right so I think that'll be a really good game out there Pac-12 after dark on a Friday night how about that huh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun there's what I think there's four ranked matchups this weekend and then you have a few other big brand name games and then you've got a few more where ranked teams are underdogs in some games and how, I, it's 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 exciting how about this big brand matchup ohio state northwestern oh man <laughs> how are you feeling about that one buddy they might win by 55 oh gosh man it's, it's how's it been covering northwestern this year obviously you do the locked on northwestern podcast how, how has that been this year well, I was hopeful after the Week Zero win against N- Nebraska, but then you've seen them; j- the wheels have come off. And I think the the low point of the year was last week when they made uh, an Iowa offense that was last in the country uh, with 227 yards per game and 14 points per game um, allowed them to score 33, and was only, they were only able to score 13 thanks to a touchdown as time expired uh for for northwestern but they've hit a new low and then i think it's going to get worse this week when ohio state just absolutely bashes them upside the head for 60 minutes the line's 38 points ohio state cover yes <laughs> like yes oh my and like gosh. not that close oh man no i had to i had to mention it obviously northwestern those are your boys so i had to at least mention it but looking at some of the games around college football this weekend uh a couple of games that we have here on espn 106.7 that you can tune in for north carolina and virginia that'll be tomorrow at 11 a.m uh pregame will start at 10 30 right here on espn 106.7 north carolina number 17 in the country they are quietly seven and one on the year undefeated in conference play they take on virginia tomorrow we also have alabama and lsu tomorrow night uh that'll be at six o'clock so make sure you tune into both of those right here on espn 106.7 but as you get into the ranked games and the ranked teams that are playing this tennessee georgia matchup is just huge i mean this is one of the best games of the year of course we got alabama tennessee and we we saw how that went and how much fun that is this is going to be a blast tomorrow i feel like I heard this somewhere, and I forget where. And I think it's a really good point. Is this the biggest game we have seen in the last decade of college football that did not include Alabama or Ohio State? I think it is. I think it could be. I think it could be. You can say that that Clemson-Notre Dame game when Clemson was in the ACC Mm -hmm. in the pandemic year, but I think pandemic year kind of knocks a little bit of the shine off that, and then... You know, I just I think this one, for what it means in this in the SEC, it means so much more. And I think that it, not to steal the SEC's uh, tag there or anything, but this game decides the SEC East, and I am fascinated to see how it plays out. The line is eight and a half in way George's too favor. much. It opened to as high as twelve and a half. Way in some too places. much. But it's going to be. A really, really fun game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I cannot wait 
to watch it play out. Number one, Tennessee on the road at number three, Georgia. Those are the college football playoff rankings. If you compare the playoff in the AP poll, this is number one versus number one because Tennessee is the number one team in the college football playoff. Georgia is the number one team in the AP poll, which is what we use until the college football playoff rankings come out. So these are top two top tier programs that are going at it tomorrow in Athens, Georgia. I think that has obviously a big part to play in this. The fact that this is being played in Athens, the fact that this is an afternoon game, uh, not being played as a night game in Athens. But if this was in Neyland Stadium, could you imagine how much more Tennessee would be getting the love if this was being played? If we got to see the atmosphere that we saw for Tennessee, Alabama, if we got to see that for Tennessee, Georgia, I think Tennessee would be a, a favorite in this football game. But being on the road in Athens makes it a little bit tougher. And not that Georgia is just one of those places where you shake in your boots when you have to go play at Georgia. It's not. But it's not. When you think about the places in the SEC that get talked about, for being a hostile environment. Georgia's not think, one of them. You think the Swamp. You think Death Valley. You think Jordan-Hare. You think Texas A&M, the, the 12th man. You even think Tennessee. I mean, but you don't think Georgia. I mean, even in a really big game, you could say Alabama. I mean, Alabama's been a more intimidating environment than Georgia. Georgia has not had the opportunity to play that many really big home games. The last one I can think of is when they opened the season with Notre Dame a couple of years ago, right? And they had, they did the, I mean, the fans were crazy. They had the light show going on. That was a big atmosphere and a good well, crowd for the Notre Dame game. I was thinking about the time that Alabama went to Georgia and they wore black jerseys because it was a funeral and then got smashed the whole game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But look, uh, this being in Athens doesn't really sway my opinion on this football game. Obviously, it makes it a little bit tougher for Tennessee, but I think they're going to be just fine. They've beaten good teams already this year, and I think this is going to be a great football game, man. I really do. We're going to make picks later on in the show, but I do think Georgia 8.5 is too many points. And right now... You know what you, is insane? Sorry. No, you're good. Hyatt for Tennessee has 14 touchdown receptions. He should year. be in the Heisman conversation. He That's should be. insane. Because you know what? We've seen receivers like this in the past be in the Heisman conversation... And we've seen a wide receiver win. What's it. crazy is he's not the best receiver on the team. The best receiver's been banged up. He's been hurt. Yeah, he's been hurt. But I think he should be in the Heisman conversation because his quarterback's in the Heisman conversation. And this Tennessee team is legit. And look, and what I was going to say was, if you ask me right now who's playing better football, it's Tennessee. And it that's why they're the number one team in the country. And I think they're going to have a lot of momentum. I think that offense is going to roll, man. I think they're going to continue to do what they do. Sure, they'll have some struggles. And, and Georgia will, will do some things to kind of throw them off their game a little bit. But eight and a half points in the favor of Georgia, I think it's just way too much. Much. If Tennessee can jump on them a little bit early, we have not seen Georgia does not have a lot of experience having to play catch up, trying to climb back into a game. The last time we saw it was in the the SEC championship game against Alabama, and that's the only time I can think about it for a while. And what does this offense, what does this team look like if they are having to play catch up? If Tennessee can jump on them, get up. 14, 14 nothing, 17 3, something like that. What does that do to Georgia? And with Tennessee's offense, 
You're not stopping them for four quarters. With the way they're playing right now, sure, you may get a stop here and there, and you may be able to string together some defensive stops uh, back to back to back, but you are not going to stop this Tennessee offense for four quarters with the way they're playing right now. And I just don't trust Georgia's offense enough right now to keep up with Tennessee. Now, the defense obviously will have a huge factor in this, but I'm curious to see if Georgia's offense can hang because Tennessee's going to score some points, and that's just a given. So, uh, again, we'll make picks for that later on really really excited uh talking about the games going on in college football tomorrow that one has huge implications on the sec east how about the one that has huge implications on the sec west number six alabama on the road in death valley night game weird voodoo whatever you want to call it I combine two words. Yeah, I combine. Yeah, I combine two words right there. Do you like that? (laughs) Alabama on the road at LSU tomorrow night. This is a game that can decide the SEC West in some shape or form because of where the teams stand in the SEC West. The only team outside that has the shot is Ole Miss. How many times have we seen this story though? This this is a story. We get this every year. It's. LSU is playing, it feels like, not not in the past few years. And then 19 is the exception. But we've seen an LSU team that's playing really good ball. They've climbed into the top 10. They've gotten all their hopes up. They're playing Alabama. Night game in Death Valley. And watch, Alabama is just going to just, it's going to be like a boa constrictor just choking out a rat or something. You like Alabama big? I don't even, I don't necessarily think it's going to be big i just think at no point are you going to be sitting there like oh lsu is ha, can really win this game i think it's gonna be alabama just in control the whole time i think this is a really interesting matchup because you look at lsu they're six and two four and one in the sec if they were to win this game they're in control right i mean they would be at the top of the sec west and they could be in a legitimate conversation to be a two-loss team to make a college football playoff if they continue to play the way they are right but this game is in baton rouge it's at tiger stadium death valley at night we know what happens it's it's one of those places where things get weird at night and the other thing that goes along with that is bryce young's performance on the road this year against hostile environments against good defenses what does he do tomorrow uh, to to keep Alabama in the game, to win the game? Because uh, you've heard multiple, multiple people say that if Bryce Young is not on this Alabama team, they're a three or four loss team. That's what he yeah. has meant to this program and to, to this year's team well, in he's particular. A, he's a Heisman Trophy winner for a reason, and he's really good. He just has some magic about him, especially if, if he needs it late in the game you know he's going to put together a drive. He's going to do some crazy stuff where he avoids rushers just by like contorting his body and having guys maybe fly over top of him or something. But he gets the job done. And even coming off his injury against Tennessee, he looked really, really good. He's looked good all year. It's he The, the, the limiting factor is for the first time in a while – Alabama does not have an elite go-to receiver to attack defenses deep. And that's why they had to rely so much on Jameer Gibbs catching passes. And and I just don't know. 
I don't know if this Alabama team is as good as the ones that we've seen previously, but I think they're plenty good enough to go handle business in Baton Rouge. Oh, I think they're extremely capable of winning this game and continuing to do what they do and go and win the SEC West and win the co- and go to the college football playoff and compete for a national championship. Now, I'm with you that I don't think this Alabama team is as dominant as we've seen in the past. Obviously, we've seen them already get tripped up and beat by Tennessee, but I think this game is going to be interesting, and I think LSU will keep this thing close. I think they will compete. I think you could see this get into the second half, and you could be sitting at halftime thinking, okay, LSU's playing pretty good. Can they do it again in the second half? That will be the big question for me because I think Brian Kelly has them playing really well. We know that LSU's got the talent, and it seems like everything's starting to slowly come together for LSU at a really good time in the season. And what better way to really put it all together when you've got Alabama coming to town in one of the biggest games of the year in the SEC, Alabama at LSU. On the other side of this break, we'll continue talking some of the games around college football. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. More of the Friday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. As we continue talking about college football, question of the day, we'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390. On Monday... When we come back in this studio, because when you look around college football, there's some big games this weekend, especially in the SEC, that have not only conference implications, but they also have college football playoff implications as well. So on Monday, when we come in this studio, who will be those teams that we are talking about that will not be a part of the college football playoff conversation anymore? Oh, I've got one for you. I've got a great one for you. Who is it? The Big 12. The entire conference. The entire conference. Why? Because TCU's been flirting with it all year long, letting teams that uh, can score points hang with them for so many weeks in a row. I mean, West Virginia, they let a bad West Virginia team hang with them the whole way. K-State at one point had that lead. They had to come back and win. They had to come back and win against Oklahoma State. They had to come back and win against Kansas in a back of quarterback. Uh, back of quarterback in Oklahoma. Like, they've kind of gotten away with it from week three all the way to now. Joey McGuire is going to have Texas Tech ready. And Joey McGuire is going to go into Fort Worth and get that win. Wow. You're picking Texas Tech to go on the road and take down number seven TCU tomorrow. Yep. Wow. Well, I think there is there's an argument for that. And I think when talking about and when looking at the games going on this weekend, right, that one has college football playoff implications. Uh, you look at, obviously, Georgia-Tennessee. You look at, uh, obviously, Alabama-LSU. Texas-Kansas State, maybe. I don't think Kansas State's in that picture anymore. Clemson-Notre Dame, that one does. Michigan-Ruckers, we're not talking about that one. But uh, there's some games tomorrow that have big implications on the college football playoff. And you're saying that TCU loses tomorrow and that knocks out the Big 12 completely. You don't think a one-loss TCU Big 12 champion would get in in this year's college football playoff? Yeah, I think that that, that enough is going to... That you're gonna. Have, I think it's going to be a chaotic week weekend in college football, and 
and I do think that things are going to shake out and you're going to see some 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 teams in uh I won't say multiple conferences because I don't believe Oregon's going to get upset by a god awful Colorado team, but I do think that, that that things are going to to shake out in a way where where the the Big 12 does get knocked out this weekend. But what a one loss TCU I don't conference so. champion they, they, they wouldn't are, get they in. They are too low right now. They're behind Alabama. That tells you everything you you need to know right there. Yeah, but that, it is only the first Alabama. ranking, though. I know, but they're they're telling you right there, TCU cannot have a misstep at any point the rest of the year. And this right here, I I, it's either going to be this one, or it's going to be uh, a week later when they play Texas on the road. But they are going to have a misstep. They honestly have an interesting schedule down the stretch. You get a Texas Tech team that can score. You go on the road to Texas, which they're capable of. Texas is capable of beating anybody in that conference. On the road at Baylor against a really good offense there. And then Iowa State, who finds a way to play really close games against everybody. I don't think the Big 12 has room for error. I think the the way that they the rankings were set up this week tell you that with the fact that Alabama is already ahead of them and they have to climb three spots and then get help elsewhere I think they they and then they can also get sabotaged by these multiple SEC team scenarios where the SEC could get two teams in the Big Ten could get two teams in I don't think they have room for error and Eventually, this stretch is going to get them. You could say that, and I think TCU is in a weird spot because of where they are in the in the rankings, and like you were talking about, the maybe the disrespect that they got in the initial college football playoff rankings. There were a lot of people upset that TCU was ranked number seventh behind a team like Alabama, right? And so I think the margin for error is very, very small for TCU if they want to have a chance to get into the college football playoff, if the Big 12 wants to have a chance to make it to the college football playoff because you look at the Big 12 as a conference – and it's TCU and that's really their only chance at this point because everybody else has lost and everybody else has sort of slowed down a little bit Kansas State is now five or six and two excuse me Oklahoma State is now six and two those were two of the teams that were still had a little hope for the Big 12 to get a team into the college football playoff Oklahoma State because they were ranked higher at the beginning of the year and were kind of given a a little extra benefit of the doubt with that they could not have lost last week and then not only could not have lost could not have lost by 48 yeah i don't want to talk about that i don't want to talk about well, that oklahoma get, state get got ready, embarrassed because i promise you in, in in about 34 minutes it's going to come up i'm locking the door jack hudson's not getting in this studio <laughs> today if he comes in here slandering oklahoma state no i'm just kidding now the fact that texas is ranked that's ridiculous they are five and three and they're ranked number 24 in the country Tell, yeah. tell me how that happens. Tell me, tell me that that ranking does not. Tell me they didn't I get that because is, their name there is Texas. Is brand bias a little bit, I really do. Um, but then you also have to look at the fact. I mean, they have a loss to Alabama, which is a you hate to say a good loss. It's a good loss on the road at at, at the time a number eleven Oklahoma State team. The issue is K State this weekend. 
Mm-hmm. The issue is K-State this weekend. Well, you look at K-State, who, night, again... Night game at K-State in Manhattan. Tough place to play. Texas is favored. I don't care. <laughs> I, I think it's a, no, I no, think no. it's shocking. I, I, that no, favorite. I'm with you. And we did this. We did that. We had the same narrative when they went on the road to Oklahoma State, and they were they were a touchdown favorite in that mm-hmm. game, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I I don't understand the love for Texas right now, but I think we're gonna find out real quick that this Texas team is not a top 25 team in the country. But they they have a stretch that starting they played that close game with Iowa State, but then they go they went. At Oklahoma State, at K State, TCU at home, at Kansas. It's about as tough of a stretch in the Big 12 as you can get right now. Yeah, I would say so. And again, talking about teams that uh, could knock themselves out or play themselves into a college football playoff this particular weekend, uh, I think Clemson-Notre Dame is really interesting because of Clemson, how they've been playing. Yes, they are a top-four team by the college football playoff committee. I don't think that's the case. I don't think they're a top-four team. But if Clemson were to lose... I don't know if a one a one loss Clemson ACC champion were to get in with everybody else being so good around them. I agree because the ACC is very very bad, and and the worst thing that could happen for Clemson was Syracuse starting to fall off, NC State falling off without Devin Leary, Wake Forest getting embarrassed by Louisville. Mm-hmm. The conference looks weak, and now. Syracuse, I'm pretty sure that they are four-point underdogs this week at Pitt. They they are. They're four-point dogs. And then Wake Forest and NC State play each other. There's a scenario where the ACC only has two ranked teams at the end of the week. Clemson, you got to beat Notre Dame to keep your college football playoff hopes alive. It's going to be interesting. We'll see how it goes. 30 minutes into hour number one, we're going to talk Auburn in the head coaching uh, search and how college football tomorrow will dictate what happens. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on this Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Looking around college football this weekend, we've been talking about some of the big games coming up, especially in the SEC. But Auburn, of course, plays Mississippi State. Of course, Cadillac Williams is the interim head coach. We'll get into some more of that later on in the show. But some of these games around college football tomorrow, they impact where Auburn goes for their next head coach. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind that is you look at some of the names uh, that have been circulating around for Auburn to go after as a head coach, Lane Kiffin, Deion Sanders, Hugh Freeze, stuff like that. And it seems to us, and it seems to be that Lane Kiffin is the go-to guy. It's been reported that that is where Auburn is going to go. Uh, well, from, he's the top candidate. He's the yeah. top candidate. That's where they are trying to go, I should say. And there's some instances where Timing could really throw things off if Auburn decides to go with Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this weekend, really this weekend and next weekend are going to dictate a lot of timing for, for Lane Kiffin uh, because LSU plays Alabama. I know, I know Ole Miss is off. But if Alabama wins that game, then 
Alabama Ole Miss becomes for the SEC West. And if Lane Kiffin were to pull that upset, then theoretically, barring another loss down the stretch, he's in the driver's seat to make it to Atlanta and theoretically could win the SEC championship game, in which in that point, he would be um, he would be going to the college football playoff. And that would really throw a wrench into any sort of timing Auburn had in mind with trying to get a coach installed as soon to the as close to the the Iron Bowl as possible. Well, if he's playing for the SEC championship game, that's another week. If he were to win that, then you're sitting there in a in a situation where, okay, now he's going to go play for a for a college football playoff a month later. And it would probably be a lot harder to leave Ole Miss if if he had just won an SEC championship and gone to the college football playoff. So there's that scenario. So theoretically, for Auburn fans, they really need to root for LSU to beat Alabama this weekend. No surprise there. I was about to say, they probably are already. <laughs> because then LSU is in the driver's seat for the SEC West because they had the tiebreaker with Ole Miss. Which is crazy. Then, Think then, about that. Then you can root the following. Then it doesn't matter what happens with Alabama Ole Miss. Then you can you can root for Alabama to lose as many games as you want because then you don't have to worry about the idea of, of Lane Kiffin going to the SEC Championship game if he and if, if Ole Miss and LSU were, were going to stay on the same path. There is a similar situation with another candidate that has been talked about, Dan Lanning, out at Oregon. They are currently undefeated in conference play and appear to be on a pretty strong path to the Pac-12 championship game, which again would delay that ability to, to come to Auburn as close to the Iron Bowl if he were to get offered the job. Then if you win the Pac-12... They're, they will need help, probably, but there is a the potential that Oregon could make it to the college football playoff this year. It's still, still a possibility in my mind right now. Well, of course, we've talked about how with Auburn in this head coaching search, they are trying to get, and we've talked about the days, and we've been asked about the days, and we've talked to people about the dates of when Auburn needs to bring in the new head coach, and the common answer is the day bef- the day after or the second day after, that Sunday or Monday right after the Iron Bowl mm-hmm. is when you've got to bring in the new head coach because of the reasons we talked about with Christian Clemente yesterday, recruiting and transfer portal. Do you want to hear the other fun one that I think could impact the, the pecking order for, for where, for who were to get hired? Because right now, I don't think you have to worry about Deion Sanders because he's at the FCS level, and I don't think much can happen there that's going to shake up uh, the his ability to accept the Auburn job. He's the second most talked about name. The third most talked about name is Hugh Freeze. Do you know what Hugh Freeze is up to this weekend? He's got a little trip down to the south. He's going to Arkansas, to Fayetteville. If Hugh Freeze takes liberty to Fayetteville and beats Arkansas, an Arkansas team that just handed it to Auburn two weeks ago, it's going to be really hard not for, for him not to push his way into the top two or three in this discussion, really become a player 
in the Auburn head coaching search. A lot of people would probably be rooting for it, and this is a great way for for powerful powerful people uh, in and around Auburn to kind of point to that and be like, "Look what he just did." He needs to be the next coach. He would pick up a ton of support after that, I would imagine. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on everything we're talking about going on uh, about this coaching search for Auburn and how some of the games coming up to uh, this weekend and through the rest of the season impact that, right? And we've seen in the years where uh, an assistant, like a, a coordinator, if you will, gets hired by another school but if the team is in the college football playoff or in a bowl game we've seen them finish out the year right we see that happen with Alabama all the time where one of their coordinators gets hired he decides to coach in the national championship game before going to another you can't do that anymore you you just can't I know and that's sort of of modern college football the way things have changed over the last decade and that's sort of where I was going is with with Auburn right now we've talked about those days the day after the Iron Bowl because there is a there are major major reasons for that we're not just saying to get him in here the sooner just for fun right there's a reason you've got to get the new guy in here as soon as possible because of the transfer portal opening up on december 5th and the early signing period in late december and the the new guy should want to to move to the next job to salvage a roster otherwise you're going to have there's windows for for players to transfer out the early signing day is in the middle of december now and there's not a lot of room for you to be able to be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna coach this out at my old job even though i know i'm accepting a different job right and it's a lot easier to leave your current job if you're playing in some random bowl game versus playing in your conference championship game and on the birth of a college football playoff which is possible right now with lane kiffin at ole miss and landing at oregon and both of those are possibilities now do i think that those teams will make the college football playoff if i had to say and give an answer right now no i don't think either one do but there is still a possibility and it's not something that you can just write off and say it's impossible it won't happen because Oregon and Ole Miss are in really good positions right now they're one lost teams Oregon's undefeated in their conference Ole Miss has a chance you just laid it all out for them Carter they have a chance to win the SEC West if things go their way Mm -hmm. and they beat Alabama next week so that does impact who Auburn goes after and when that new coach were to come in and so let's say Auburn does go after Lane Kiffin just like you you talked about if they're in the SEC championship game that's when Auburn is supposed to have a coach here but he's not going to leave Ole Miss if they're playing in the SEC championship game in Atlanta he's not going to leave until they lose and so that could hurt Auburn would it would well, it be so then, much if 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 Lane Kiffin were to go to an SEC championship game does that prove to him that he can do everything he wants to and he can accomplish everything he wants to at Ole Miss could be I think, honestly, if you are um, an an Auburn fan and you want Lane Kiffin as the head coach at Auburn next year, you should probably root for Alabama to beat Ole Miss and try to, to really set it in stone, set it. Uh, fully in Lane Kiffin's brain that he can't accomplish what he wants to accomplish in his coaching career at Ole Miss, and he needs to move so- to somewhere with more NIL, better resources, 
better facilities, all of which Auburn has, that would be your best case scenario for Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I mean, I think with with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, even if they get to that SEC championship game and they, they don't do the things you just talked about and they get to that SEC championship game, even then, right, if you're Lane Kiffin and you're being real with yourself, even if you get to the SEC championship game this year, can you do that consistently at Ole Miss? I don't think so. I just don't think you can, especially with where college football is going right now with NIL. I don't think Ole Miss can be a competitor consistently like Auburn can. Obviously, Auburn's not there right now, but you have better chances to win an SEC championship and a national championship at Auburn than you do at Ole Miss. That's just a fact. And just because you get there the one time, I see what you're saying. It could be be a moment where Lane says, well, I'm successful here. Why would I leave? But I think he would still come because Auburn is so much more willing and able and capable, I should say, to win that national championship. Well, I mean, if he, in three years, at in this hypothetical where he makes it to, to the SEC championship, in three years at Ole Miss, he would have, I guess, what, barely made a bowl game in year one. Year two, 10-win season. Year three... 12 and 1 with a chance to win the SEC. The trajectory and his ability to land players in the transfer portal. There's not a better, and the term I'm going to use is transfer portal assassin than Lane Kiffin. There's nobody better at going and finding the talent to fill his roster through the transfer portal. And players want to play for him because he puts up numbers. Look at what he did last year with Matt Corral throwing it around the yard, turned him into a high draft pick, turned him into a, a dark horse Heisman candidate. This year, look what he's doing with those running backs. Zach Evans and Quinshaw Judkins, they've been awesome. Judkins is at 1,000 yards already. I mean, as a, as a true freshman, he can adapt to, to the talent and he has shown that he, no matter what your skill set is, if you're good enough and you want to go play for an explosive offense and put up numbers, you go play for Lane Kiffin. And talking about all of that success that Lane has had at Ole Miss, I think something that doesn't get talked about enough when speaking about coaches leaving one job to come to another, Lane Kiffin has built that at Ole Miss. You just talked about and laid out the three years that he's been there. He has taken that from nothing to where it is now with a potential SEC championship game appearance if again the season goes like they do and it would be really tough to leave that because of what Mm -hmm. he's done and not just Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss right I mean there's there's so many other coaches and examples of that where it would be tough for a coach to leave a program and leave what he has built. And I think it would be tough for Lane Kiffin to to say, man, look at what I've done here in three years. Look at the players that I have brought um, here to Ole Miss. Look at what we're doing right now. And now I'm going to get up and just walk away. It would be tough. I'm not saying he wouldn't do it, but I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. I think think if if Lane Kiffin were to go that far and then – say no to Auburn I know you were talking about the the consistency of everything I think that would point to me that Lane Kiffin is waiting on either the the infrastructure that is built out at Alabama to open up 
or the literal unlimited resources at Texas A&M to open up. That would that is what that would point to me. I do not think he is a long time a long term coach at Ole Miss, regardless. But I do think that if he is successful enough this year, it could dictate kind of how he sees what he's thinking for the immediate future. He could be like, okay, I can stick around here, win a few more games. Heck, if I keep doing this, they're going to build a statue of me on campus outside the stadium at Ole Miss. He would love that. And then he can go to Texas A&M when Jimbo inevitably gets fired there because holy cow, They speaking of which, they might lose a fifth straight game this weekend. Are you predicting it? Uh, we we will talk about it later, <laughs> but but they might lose a fifth straight game this weekend, and if that job opened up, then yeah, Lane Kiffin's going to go to Texas A and M because of all of the money and all of the NIL and all of the facilities. You there. think he would choose A and M over Auburn? If it was open right now, yes. Do you think most coaches would choose A and M over Auburn? If both of those jobs were open right now, do you think most coaches would choose A and M over Auburn? I think A and M with the resources there and the facilities there. If it were open right now, it would be of all the jobs in America that could be open, it would be the second, first or second most enticing job would just because of resources. You could say Alabama. You could say Texas A&M. Then I, I mean, I think Alabama and Texas A&M right now are probably the two most enticing jobs in the country because of what is already built up at Alabama. Everything is in place to be successful, but yes, you do have to be the person after Saban. At Texas A&M, like, your pockets never run empty. Ever. You have oil money for days. You can go, what everybody else is doing in NIL, you can blow them away. They can do. They can blow everybody away in every sport, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was what makes Texas A and M such a good-looking job, and what is, and that's what makes it so surprising about the lack of success that Jimbo has had at Texas A and M. And again, this is not a knock on Texas A and M. That's a knock on Jimbo Fisher because that is a just a dream job for most people because of those things you just mentioned. The money, the NIL, the facilities, the resources. There, A&M has got is, so much. If they got the right coach in place at Texas A&M, they would win a bunch, a bunch of championships. Which is what makes them so scary, being in the SEC. And if they do eventually get the right coach, because I don't think Jimbo is, if they do end up getting that guy... Texas A&M could be very, very scary for a long time. we got to get to our final break here in hour number one. 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Open like a sports leader. We wrap up this first hour talking more college football. And uh, we've been talking about the games coming up this weekend. Uh, We talked about the implications of this weekend in college football for Auburn's coaching search. Well, and we know that 
at the beginning of this next hour, we're going to have to talk about at least one game that happened this last week. No, weekend. we don't. We don't have to talk about it. It's okay. <laughs> we, we, we will forget about that game. We will not mention it because somebody in this studio was really wrong, and it may have been me. But I don't <laughs> want to talk about it just yet. As we wrap up this first hour, man, how about the World Series last night, man? That was, that was exciting. Astros was are one game. win away. Yeah, I... I didn't. I didn't think in a million years, especially after the way that first game went in Philly, that that the, the Phillies would drop the next two. Just especially the way that they did, getting no hit in Game Four, and then dropping a close one in Game Five, where it felt like they had a few chances down the stretch and just couldn't scratch across enough to get it done, to get it tied, to send it to extras. Um, I mean the Phillies the the Astros are squarely in the driver's seat and I I I don't see them uh I don't see them losing this series anymore. I I I after game 3 I truly thought Philly was going to win but now I mean going back to Houston up 3-2 That's the thing is back a, in Houston. It's a really tough ask. Mm-hmm. How about how about this step? Justin Verlander Won his first start in the World Series. He was 0 for 6 going into that one. I think his ERA was around 10 or something. Mm -hmm. Like 10-8-5. He pitched really well after giving up that leadoff home run to to Schwarber. Well, I tweeted it. I tweeted it, Chris, yesterday. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, because we have him on Thursdays, and he talked about uh, he talked about it yesterday because he covers the Houston Astros, and he came on and said he's going to try to use the uh, reverse whatever you want to call it he came on and said that Verlander was going to play terrible and the Phillies were going to win because all of his predictions have been wrong turns out Verlander actually played pretty well and the Astros won I tweeted at him about I wonder it. I wonder I I wish we had a a live reaction of Chris Gordy as Verlander gave up that leadoff home run I just wanted to see like I can bet what? I can bet on what he said <laughs> I mean he was he was probably not happy I cannot wait to ask him about that next next Thursday. Yeah, well, the Astros up 3-2, back to Houston. Uh, Mattress Mac is on the verge of winning $75 million. I am so sick and tired of that story. I don't care. That's a lot care. of money, bro. I don't care about that guy. He's I don't this. either, but that's a lot of money. He's done this for, what, three World Series now? Yeah, but that's I a lot care. of money. You so don't care about seventy five million dollars. I don't care about Mattress Mattress Mac or whatever the heck his name. I don't is. want him to win because I don't want the Astros to win because they're cheaters and cheaters should not be able to win. But that's just on me. That's just what I think. I don't think the Astros should win. I hope they don't. But they're up three two. So you never know. We'll have to see if Philly can get the offense rolling again in Houston. They're up three uh, two. World Series continues tomorrow. Today's the travel day. Hour number one, officially in the books. We're going to have Jack Cutton joining us in studio for all of hour number two. Stay tuned. You do not want to miss it. The following is an Auburn Network production. the line live on ESPN 1067 Auburn Opelika's sports leader online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app to be on the line call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 you are on the line 
with Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well on this beautiful Friday fall day here in Auburn, Alabama. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird in the studio, joined by our good buddy Jack Cudden in studio for the entire second hour as he does every Friday. Hello, good sir. Gentlemen, how are we? We are doing fantastic. I'm great, Jack. How are you? I'm wonderful. Carter's great now that you're here. Carter has the best entrances for me, I guess. Or not entrances, but like... Uh, just saying hello to me when I walk in. You, yeah, you doesn't it makes you feel good, doesn't it? I know. Yeah, yeah it really makes does. you feel good. I give him one earlier when I walked in. Hour number two is officially underway here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. If you missed any of hour number one, be sure to go and find the podcast. Just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to ESPNAU.com, click on the podcast center, and you can find it all right there under the podcast. And you can find a commercial free right after the show. So be sure you go and do that but here in hour number two we're going to be making our picks for around the games around college football around the SEC and then in the back half of the hour we're going to talk Auburn and Mississippi State talk about that game what to expect from this new Auburn football team with coach Cadillac at the helm so that's all coming up here in hour number two phone lines are open we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. So call in, be a part of the show, be on the line. What games are you watching this weekend? What are your picks for some of the biggest games? How do you feel about Auburn and Mississippi State? We'd love to hear from you on all of that. Again, 334-321-1390. Well, gentlemen, we'll get into talking about some college football games going on this weekend. And Carter and I mentioned it in the first hour, but how about some Friday night college football? Oregon State and Washington you would normally look at this and say, Oregon State, Washington, eh, but not this time. This is actually going to be an interesting football game. You can have, you've got that, you've got Duke, Boston College, and UMass, UConn. So there's three Friday night football games, but the one that everybody should at least keep their eye on, Oregon State ranks number 23 in the country on the road at Washington. Both teams are 6-2 and two on the year, 3-2 and two in the Pac-12. Washington, four-and-a-half-point home favorites over the ranked Oregon State Beavers. What do you guys think? This one's interesting because Oregon State's been very quietly, very solid all year long. The only games that, uh, granted, the schedule has been light to this point, very light. And it's really not that. They have one of the easier schedules I've seen in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, they played USC, very tough. But then a week later, they went on the road to Utah And I'm not sure this Oregon State team right now is capable of dealing with a lot of physicality because they got trampled in that game. But then when you look down the rest of the schedule, they handled their business barely against Stanford. I don't know if y'all watched the ending of that game. The ending of that game was absolutely insane. Then they they handled their business against Washington State. They beat up on a bad Colorado team. They're 6-2 right now, ranked going on the road but are underdogs against a Washington team that started hot and we thought that they were awesome but then they dropped back-to-back games at UCLA that I don't think at the time we had realized how good they are and then Arizona State and so well this is gonna be a fun game you've got Michael Penix that throws the ball around the yard but I like the beeves in this one I really do I just think that they're solid um the beeves. I mean chainsaws yeah, the beef. I like it. I like it. 
Give me the beefs. He said, hey. <laughs> he said the bees. Oh, the bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Gosh. Jack, what do you think Oregon State Washington tonight? I think this is a cool dynamic with – I don't know if you guys remember this happening, but it almost seemed like probably maybe 10, 12 years ago, all of a sudden college football started doing these Friday night games, and it was almost like you you would see one every week. Well, now it's three or four that you're seeing in the middle of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised. I think When we were growing up, I think it was Thursday night and Saturday night are your big college football nights. I think that's transitioning to Friday and Saturday now. Friday is starting to take over. Um, a lot of, especially high school games, are not getting as much attention just because college games are on air on Friday night. So you can like it, you can dislike it. I don't know. This one, to me, um, Oregon State, I haven't been. So I, I think Carter's right in that they have some very solid wins thus far this season. Where I wonder about them is, Yes, they played USC close, but then they got smoked by a Utah team who I don't think is all that impressive. Elsewhere, I don't. I, I, I truly don't understand your, your your disdain for for Utah this year. I knew I, I knew Carter impressive. was about to jump in and get on you about talking talking you, crap about Utah. You, you did this earlier in the year, and then they went and beat USC. They did go beat USC, I know, but it, they lost to Florida in the beginning of the year, and that put a really bad taste in my mouth. For it is a this road game to the swamp across the country, playing in the humidity. I mean, things just didn't break their way. I mean, I I, I get what you're saying, but I think Utah's a better team than you've given them credit for this year. Well, Utah, nonetheless, beat the <laughs> fire out of Oregon State. So yes. you've got you got a big win there on the road. Yeah, that can get away from you. I don't see another really impressive win on the schedule yet. Um, granted, Washington doesn't really have one either, but just because yeah. they're at home and I like Michael Penix Jr. and what he's been able to do in this, it's not quite an air raid, but it's a throw-it-around offense. You can make an argument the most impressive win Washington has is against Kent State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was looking at too, so – um, I'll and I know I'm kind of doing the same thing with between Oregon State and Washington, but just because the Huskies are at home, I'll take them and Penix. I'm going to make it really easy. Washington wins because they're at home. That's really all I got. Washington wins tonight, and that's pretty much what I'm going to make on that is Washington wins against Oregon State. Look, let's get into some better games going on this weekend, <laughs> though, uh, so we don't sit here and talk about Oregon State and Washington for the entire first segment. Carter, we will uh, not mention Ohio State Northwestern yeah, tomorrow. Ohio we State's going to win by 55. They will. The big question there is do they cover 38 points? I think so. Yeah, they cover it by a mile. Yeah, I think, they, like, I think they cover easily. Without a doubt in my mind. Uh, Ohio State has a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. Yeah, that I one's going to be. I think it's going to be tight, though, on the spread. I think Ooh. it's going to be something like 51 to 10. And Ohio you think State's Northwestern scoring right ten right points there. tomorrow? I think it'll be a fifty-six to six game. Okay, okay, but that's getting close to a thirty-eight spread. So I mean, yeah, I don't know, not really close. <laughs> no, that's not. It's not. But that's okay. Look, we won't talk about that. Forty-eight when it's Look, the game tens on this show card. Right. Goodness. <laughs> oh gosh. Look, a game that Carter has circled on his schedule tomorrow, eleven a.m. on Fox, Texas Tech. On the road at TCU, number seven in the country. Had some disrespect in the college football playoff rankings. Carter, why are you watching this game tomorrow? You know, every 4th of July, when when you hear about all these firework incidents of people playing with fireworks and then eventually it finally goes wrong, TCU's been playing with fireworks for about seven straight weeks here. And eventually it's going to come back and bite them. And I think this is the, is the time... Against a team that can score, a team that beat Texas earlier this year. Joey McGuire, I believe in him as a head coach. They let West Virginia hang in there. They had to sneak by a backup quarterback in K-State. They had to come back and beat Oklahoma State. Eventually, the luck has to run out. 
And I think Texas Tech goes on the road to Fort Worth and pulls this upset. Wow, how about that? Um, I don't think I don't think Texas Tech's going to pull this upset. I do think that Carter's right about TCU's been playing a little bit above their head thus far. Uh, I think it's, hey, at some point that fireworks going to go yeah. off oh, yeah, and, and you're going to blow all the, all your fingers off your hand. I think you're right, and I think I do like what Max Duggan has done this year. Um, you know, I think TCU's the better team in this, so I'll take them at home. Um, I could see they've got a road game like up against Texas next week. That may be where they stumble. I don't know. So, but I'm going to take the frogs, but I, I don't hate the pick from Carter. Yeah, I don't hate the pick either. I'm going to take TCU uh, to keep their college football playoff hopes alive. I'm going to keep and take TCU to keep the Big 12's college football playoff hopes alive. Uh, but if they don't figure it out and start yeah. beating the teams that they're supposed to be beating and beating them by the amount they're supposed to be beating them by, TCU is eventually going to get beat at some point this season. And there's your other reason as to why I think TCU eventually wins this one because I think you've got a bunch of Big 12 high people who want to see the Horn Frogs make it to the make love it, it to the playoffs. Love it. Second game we we've talked about here and you're coming in big 12 conspiracy theory they're <laughs> they are pushing them to the championship because they need a playoff berth i yep. love that so texas tech you have no Woke chance because the big blood. 12 yeah because jack says the big 12 has paid off the officials so tcu can win tomorrow yeah. so good luck texas exactly tech you I got said. no chance exactly tcu exactly what i said yep that's right i think tcu it was wins implied. it was implied it you didn't say it but it was implied <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah, no rebuttal, but go ahead. Anyway, no, you don't get rebuttal. Not on this show. <laughs> Moving on in some of the other games going on tomorrow around college football and in the SEC. This one's interesting. 11 a.m. on ESPN. Four and four, Florida. Three and five, Texas A&M. A game that should be bigger than it is, but it's just not. But it is interesting because this could be a really, really messy situation for Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Look, last week Wegman for for. Uh, Texas A&M played a great game against Ole Miss. That's against Ole Miss. Their defense is a joke. Florida's got a better defense. Texas A&M's lost four in a row. There's a whole lot of bad vibes coming out of that camp over there. Anthony Richardson is banged up, but I don't think it matters. I think they go on the road, pull this upset, and Texas A&M loses their fifth game in a row. I like where he's coming from. I I don't here's the interesting thing about this one to me is that I think Texas A&M in order for Jimbo to have a have because I think Texas A&M is getting ready to pay him a lot of money to get out. If he wins this game and then goes on and beats Auburn and wins out the rest of the way and, and goes 7 and 5, I think he sticks around. I don't think He's not beating happen. LSU right. I don't now. think he is either. No. And I think that's one of his only he may be able to get away with a 6 and 6 if he loses this one. I think he loses to Auburn next week. I think Auburn gets up for that at a night game, being around. The crowd's going to be awesome for that. Yes, game. If the crowd loses gonna be that awesome one. A and M's going to be on the. They're, they're going to be on the downside, and Auburn is going to have some momentum coming back up. This is really important for them to win. I think they barely get it done in College Station. I'll you take wanna, them. You want to talk about a wrench getting thrown in the Auburn coaching search? Have that happen. Have that happen. <laughs> have them yeah. pay eighty-five million dollars for Jimbo to pack his bags and get out. And I don't think it's out of the question. Well, I think it's definitely possible. What are, um, what are uh, oil prices like right now? Are they going up? <laughs> I know. Well, look, I got some stock. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Look, I think A&M and Florida, it's, like I said, it's an interesting game. It should be bigger than it is, right? I mean, this is a massive 
SEC West and East crossover game this late in the season, A&M playing Florida. I mean, this should be a bigger game than it is, but it's just not. Uh, being in College Station, though, I think that is huge. If this, I think the road team or the home team in this matchup would win. If this was being played at Florida, I probably choose Florida to win this Tell game. You what, under fifty-four and a half is going to hit by about twenty points. Yes, Jack. I'm changing. My, I'm changing my pick. Florida. Really? Yeah. Changing your pick, right? Oh, I'm good. That, I wasn't that goes in it, and I remember Florida came back to at least give Georgia a game in the second half last week. I'll go with the Gators. Well, that goes perfectly because I'm taking Texas A&M because they're at home, okay? I'm taking A&M literally being at home against Florida. If this was in Florida, I'm choosing the Gators. And so I'm going to take... Home field decides every game. No, not true. (laughs) Not true. There's another game coming up that's not the case. That is not the case. But I do like A&M to win. Uh, Maybe Texas A&M keeps their checkbook in the pocket for at least one more week, before uh, A&M tries to finish out this season. Jimbo, he's got to figure it out because there's so much money yeah. if, if he doesn't figure it out. man. We all know what's at stake right now over in College Station. Looking at some other games going on around the conference, and we'll continue to pick games coming up in uh, just a little bit, but I want to save the two big SEC ones for the next segment. So kind of looking... Save them for, for last. Right, that's what I'm saying. We'll do them in the next... Because then then later on, we're going to do... We're going to talk Auburn-Mississippi State. Yeah. So we'll I'm save... Yeah, we'll save the big ones for for in just a few minutes. Sweet. So, yeah, you're right. But but unfortunately though, like outside of the there's two massive games, right? There's two the two big games inside the SEC. Everything else is just kind of like eh. You know what I mean? Like it those I disagree. are I think this is the best weekend of college football we've had in a while. You are said you, that last saying- week. Oh, no, I said last week sucked. <laughs> last week was awful. Carter said the last two weeks have, have really been bad. But Tennessee last week Georgia, was worse than two weeks ago. Tennessee and Georgia and Alabama and LSU, I know, are the big ones. This but, week. I mean, that's... Outside of that, yeah, I, there's not a That's it, lot. in my opinion. I mean, because there's nothing on here that Florida I'm just like... Florida A&M might be a good Florida game. Florida A&M, I think, would be a good game, yeah. but... When you're looking at implications and stuff like that in matchups, right, I just don't know. I'm struggling to find tons of games to watch this weekend that I'm just getting super, super excited for. Not saying that games can't be good, because listen to this. You've got Florida State and Miami this weekend. Not a soul is talking about that game Saturday night. I mean, not a soul. No one wants to watch Miami try to play offense. I know, but think <laughs> about that. I mean, think about where those two programs are. Florida State's 5-3. and three, Miami's 4-4. Four and four. Miami just won a four-overtime game, 14-12, to 12, and nobody crossed the goal line until the fourth overtime when, when Miami finally, mercifully for everybody on this planet, had a two-point conversion to win I the game. I love that statistic. I just have loved that since last weekend. What? Why are you hating on that? That's Big Ten football. That's yeah. how the Big Ten plays. <laughs> they don't ever. Nobody scores up there besides Ohio State. Everybody he's, else is. He's focused on that Northwestern. Yeah, he is. He, he's focused on that Northwestern, Ohio State, Northwestern. Dear God. <laughs> May a major major underdog look. Our we got show. Our show is off the rails. It is. It's bad. We got to get to a break. We got to get to our first break in this first hour. When we come back, we're going to get to the phone lines. Continue talking about the games going on around the conference, and eventually we'll get to Auburn, Mississippi State later on in the show. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Call in if you want to. We'd love to hear from you. More from on the line after this. You are on the line on ESPN one zero six seven. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
Getting to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Jason, thank you so much for calling in and holding through the break, man. You're on the line. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. So I have an idea on the, the coaching chain. Okay. Uh, it's crazy. It's probably borderline delusional. I love so it. I'm, me, I'm, I'm here for it. Let me just say, it will never happen. But if you want to jump recruiting through the roof, here's what you do. All right. So it starts with Dion as the head coach. Okay. Dion is good friends with Bo Jackson. Tells Bo, Bo, I'm going to Auburn. I need you as my running backs coach. Bo says yes. Then we have Carnell. We still need him, so he'll be our OC. And here's where it gets a little bit more interesting. Cam Newton's not doing anything. He's our quarterback quarterback coach. And before you know it, we got Takeo Spikes as our defensive coordinator. Before you know it. Jason, I like – Theoretically, it's it's a lot of fun, but Auburn would I, get recruits. I'm not sure if there's a single person that can scheme up on either side of the ball that, that, that you just listed right there. <laughs> well, you said it was going to be oh. delusional. I didn't know it was going to be like that. Very. very would, but can I mean, you imagine hey, those five guys? To Jason's into your point, living room? you would recruit out of the roof. You just wouldn't be able yeah. to put him anywhere on the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bo Jackson can go on the road with Dion, and they can put the new biography of Bo Jackson, <laughs> and and Dion can wear his Hall of Fame jacket to, into every li- living room, and yeah. they can talk about how they're the two greatest athletes of all time. They carry their Heisman trophies with them. Does Bo Jackson and Cam Newton? So they take those on recruiting Dear trips. God, I huh? mean, it's uh, Heisman and national championship <laughs> rings. I mean, you, you that is it's. It's pretty much delusional. I'm going to go ahead and give you credit, Jason. But, hey, man, I mean, look, that's an original thought. Ain't nobody else come up with that yet. So, congratulations. Thank you. One more thought. So, I haven't heard this, and there's probably good reason for it, but has anyone said anything about John Gruden? I know he doesn't have any college background, but he doesn't seem to like like the NFL or the NFL doesn't like him. Has there been any talk? Have y'all heard of anything about John Gruden as a possible? I have not, but I would also imagine that he's probably a little too radioactive to touch with the with the way that his tenure in the NFL ended. Um, sure. And so I, I doubt you're going to see his name pop up really anywhere. I think it'd be an yeah. interesting. I think it'd be an interesting hire if you were going at it for because I don't think he would do an offensive coordinator position or anything like that. And so you'd have to hire him as a head coach. I think if anything, I wonder what that dynamic would be like because I think I he's think much it would severely it would severely handcuff you in. in yeah. yeah, I just I don't think anybody touches that with nobody. Uh, however long of a poll, spider two Y banana. Oh my you guys gosh, don't run on that one. No, <laughs> I don't think anybody touches John Gruden as a coach. Yeah, and that's probably why his name has never come up. Correct. So, yeah, correct. You guys. Yeah, we appreciate, appreciate the call. Taking my call. Yep, that's Jason on the joining us on the line as McKenzie answers the phone again. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, yeah, we're that was that was interesting. I mean, <laughs> it's an, I mean, it's an interesting thought, and it's something that goes around. I think a lot of Auburn the, fans right the, now. The go Bo Jackson Auburn, No, no, no. Go get Auburn greats and put them into different coaching positions. And I don't think if that you're, it's a terrible if you're idea that, if you've been coaching before. I think Auburn is a place where you need to recruit with people who know Auburn. I do, if you I do think that. You can do that with coaches that have actually coached. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Mean you've got guys like Del McGee, mm-hmm. T-Rob at Alabama, Charles Kelly. You've got... Um, well, I mean, on staff, Travis you got Williams. Etheridge, you get, yeah, you got Etheridge, you got Etheridge, Carnell on staff. Cadillac. I mean, 
Yeah. Um, Rodney Garner's still out there at Tennessee. Jonathan Wallace is at Kansas right now, I believe. I mean, that's you have guys. Cody Burns is the wide receivers coach for the Saints. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When I first learned that, that blew my mind. So I'm not saying that you need to make your staff of of them, but I think you need a few on staff that are able to sell. Hey, I went to Auburn. I was successful. I made it to that's always been. I I was successful in my career. Here's what you need to do to get there. It's always been this like just dream in my head is like what if Auburn just created an all Auburn staff and just decided we're going to recruit to Auburn and destroy everybody on the trail yeah yeah exactly it's one way to do it hey we got to get to the phone lines again 334-321-1390 Ed you're on the line welcome in hey guys yeah on a hot dream that y'all are having fun with you know I, I to me, it would be Tracy Rocker would be your D.C., and then Rodney Garner would be your D-line coach. Uh, Takiyo would be taking over the LBs, and then, you know, that, that, that's how I put it in that, you know, just having fun playing with it. Yeah, but it's an interesting sure conversation. Is Takiyo a coach? No, has, he's has not. He he's get, he's an analyst. He he's an analyst. But, has he but coached before? I don't think so. I, I think – what you would see if there were a scenario like that, I think Charles Kelly would be your DC or T Rob. Mm-hmm. Those guys who have been DCs before. Yeah, yeah. No, you totally misunderstanding me. I don't think the other guy was serious at all. I'm not serious at all. He was naming off names. You're never going to see Bo Jackson coaching right. football. Yes, I'd say, guys. I was trying to make a joke, but <laughs> no. I mean, that's no. I mean, that's we're just but, we're just uh, playing it, 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 hypotheticals. It, 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 I mean, y'all, for goodness sakes, man, uh, you know, you're saying Bo Jackson might come back, but that somebody, you know, I I don't know. Y'all just ask, get over yourself. But as far as as, uh, the other, John Gruden, John Gruden. I'd rather have Urban Meyer. And I agree. I don't want, yeah. definitely don't want either one of them. Right. I, I don't think Auburn would go in either one of those directions either. And we got to get to another phone call. We appreciate you calling in. I, I don't yeah, know. Try to lighten up a little bit. Okay. All right, Ed. We appreciate the call, man. We got to get to another one. We got about two minutes before we get to the break. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Shane, you're on the if, line. If if you had if you had Urban, if he expressed interest, I think he would take it. Hey, there you are, Shane. We got you now. Yeah, I stop breaking uh, breaking Ed. You hit some button and you broke him. Um, <laughs> he, he, he was having he was having fun. Uh, I think he was saying, you know, uh, in a in a pretend fun world, this those where he'd be his things. Yeah. Uh, not in a in an analytical, you know, serious. It didn't have to be any sort of way. It's just for fun. Uh, right. This is not a. This is not a serious crazy. debate. <laughs> well, like, well, yeah, this is yeah, not yeah. happening. Shane, <laughs> Shane, Shane, I would. I, I was just throwing it out there. If you were trying to figure out a, a a legitimate way to make it work, you would see a Charles Kelly yeah. or a T Rob at DC, and then yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of filter out from there. Yeah, I don't think we were. I don't think we were commenting I, on. Oh no, that's a stupid idea. I think it was more know, so. I, hey, I, this is fun. This is guys. all a stupid idea. Let's just be honest. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it was, was yeah, right. exactly. Not it not to dis not I, to discredit the caller that came up with it because we've gotten a whole segment out of it. This has been it, it's been hopefully it's been entertaining. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I uh, I think it just uh, hit, hit the snooze button on him or something. Uh, it, uh, but anyway, anyway. <clears throat> 
I love the conversations. I love the hypotheticals and right and uh, and an all Auburn staff sounds awesome. But what do are there enough coaches out there in, in a in a more serious way? Are there enough coaches that are Auburn coaches that could actually fill that staff? I think so uh, in yeah, the real are. world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, the the question would be would would be head coach. I don't know who your Auburn person would be there uh, unless you wanted to go like Joe Witt Jr. from uh, the the Cowboys. I think the two that could do it are Joe Witt, maybe Travis Williams if he's ready I, to get into that role. I have a hard time seeing Travis not be a Power 5D coordinator yet and go mm-hmm. directly into a head coaching role. Yeah. But then you, when you look at it, you've got <laughs> Travis Williams, Del McGee, Cadillac. You've got so many names out there. Damian Craig. You can fill out a staff. You absolute, absolutely can Okay, guys. Well, um, that's just that's just open. God, I hate pulling. I, I will never for Alabama ever in my life. But right. Same time, I I I, uh, I hope Ole Miss slips up a time or two, a couple of times. Yep. We'll see. Hey, Shane, we got to get to the break, brother. I I, oh, I hate doing that. I hate having to cut people off. But we are up against the break. We got to get to it. Got to pay the bills, right? Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll talk more uh, Auburn football when we come back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Hutton in studio for the entire second hour. We've been talking college football. Uh, we went down a path I didn't think we were going to go down, <laughs> but that's okay. That's what Fridays are for, right? As we're talking Auburn football, let's get into the game this weekend because we really haven't talked about it yet this week. With everything else going on, of course, it's been a long week covering Auburn football because of everything that happened on Monday, John Cohen getting hired as athletic director, uh, and then, of course, Brian Harson being fired uh, about an hour after the reports came out, around 11 or 12 on Monday. So it's been a busy, busy week talking about Auburn football, but they've got a game tomorrow. Auburn plays Mississippi State tomorrow night on the road, 6.30 in Starkville, and it's the first game with Coach Cadillac Williams as the interim head coach, Brian Harson no longer there. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what the energy level is like of this Auburn football team, the scheme of this Auburn football team, the difference between Brian Harson and not Brian Harson as the head coach. What are some things that you guys are, are looking for from Auburn tomorrow against Mississippi State? I do think that there might be an initial injection of energy, but I think there's too much stacked against this team this week with the with the decision coming down on Monday and prep not starting until Tuesday. Heck, the staff they hadn't figured out the roles of everybody until Tuesday. And when you look at it, I mean Auburn legitimately kind of has a skeleton crew of a staff going to Starkville this weekend. You've had to elevate a lot of people from from analyst positions, from kind of GA roles into different positions. It's going to be an enormous challenge. I don't think Auburn wins this game because of because of all of the challenges there. But I do think it's fa- I if Ryan Harson was the head coach, I would have told you there was zero percent chance Auburn won this game. I think that there, at least a part of me believes that maybe maybe things go their way and they, and they pull off some sort of crazy win. I agree with you. I, I think there is a possibility of Auburn winning this game more so than there was last week this time. Um, 
I do think that this team is going to be a little bit more juiced coming out of the break. Uh, I do think that they're going to, at least like Carter said, kind of have that initial injection. So maybe that results in 14 well, quick points for the Tigers about, and they and they play keep away the rest of the How about night. word out of Tuesday's practice? It was the best practice of the year by far. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. And, and did you well, see? I think they're, I think they're focused. I yeah. think they well, love Cadillac. Hey. And you're going to get your two best players on the offense the ball because Cadillac, every opportunity he's got, we are going to run the football. And one thing that – did you see the quote from Cadillac? I don't remember who put it out, but he said that they've – the coaching staff has been – They've been at the facility until like, like 2 o'clock eight, in the yeah, morning yeah. every, every night. He's had six to eight hours of sleep all week, I believe. Which you would have to when you get thrown into this spot. Also, so I thought this was interesting at the basketball game on Wednesday with the fact that – his quote about the defense is, the defense is going to be relentless. Did y'all notice the, uh, you had Derek Hall, who's the celebrity in. Do you notice his shirt? It was a tiger face, half of a tiger face, and written down the middle of the shirt, it just says relentless. Oh, cool. And Interesting. I, I didn't I notice that. It. it was right yeah, after that quote that. came out earlier today. Huh, I didn't notice that. But he was the celebrity letter holder at the exhibition game on Wednesday. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Dak, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys, what a beautiful day, huh? Yes, it is. It's a great day. What's up, Dak? Well, you know, I hope you guys are right, man. I would love for us to come out and, and get a win, and, and especially for Cadillac and, and all what it means. But, uh, you know, that's the expectations are just it's, – it's, it's not there. You know that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I said this at the beginning of the year, if you took – it don't matter who was coaching this team. If you took Bo Nix off this team last year, I don't think we'd have won but three games. And you see what's happening this year. It, it It's just with the quarterback situation the way it's been, it's, it's really been no chance since the beginning. I mean, and I hope I'm wrong. And maybe we can come out and just pound the football. Maybe that's what we'll do. Well, I think you're going to see a lot care. of that. Yeah, man, I don't care if we throw the ball a lick. Uh, as long <laughs> as we don't turn the ball over, I think we'll have a chance. Right. I'm going to well, be really surprised if Jeremiah Wright doesn't play just about every snap this weekend. I think which is insane that he barely played last yes, week. Yes, and I hopefully this is just me thinking, but hopefully this staff that is in place is going to recognize that, and now that they have more say in that, are going to make that happen. Right. Right. Well, you know, if the defense comes out with energy and, and, and we can keep them in third down and long instead of third and two all day like, like we've been getting and then and, and just keep keep the ball away from them, that's the, that's the thing is to keep the ball away from their offense mm-hmm. and, and just get first downs. Just get first downs, punch the ball. Ain't nothing wrong with punting the ball. Uh, I mean, as long as we don't turn the ball over, we'll have a chance, I think. Right, and you know, you you talk about just the expectations being somewhat low for this Auburn team. I mean, everything's stacked against them, right? And they're they're double-digit underdogs on the road. It's for a reason, but... The, the point that I want to make is, is Carter talking about how if Brian, Harsin, uh, if Brian Harsin was the head coach, he would give Auburn no chance. But now there is a feeling that Auburn could win tomorrow, and that's why the change was made with Brian Harsin, because I think most people do feel that Auburn does possibly have a chance to win this football game tomorrow. Well, uh, I, I'm glad you're so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, guys, great listening to you, man. Hey, we appreciate, appreciate the call, Dak. We appreciate that. Uh, 334-321-1390, we'd love to hear from you as well. So Dak may not be as optimistic as I am, but I'm not saying that Auburn is going to win tomorrow, and we're obviously we'll make our picks at the end, but just talking about everything going into this game, I mean, yeah, everything is stacked against them, right? I mean, you've got an interim head coach. Like Carter said, the, the staff is just being pieced together with, with glue and, and tape, right? And it's just you're running into – and not only that, you're having to go on the road in the SEC to Mississippi State. So things are against this Auburn team. But what I want to see, and it's something we talked about a few weeks ago, if this situation were to have happened with Brian Harson being fired, now that there is a new head coach and now that all the Boise guys are gone and the coaching staff has been rebuilt, I want to see, I want to see new players in there. I want to see new formations. I want to see new game planning. I just think that I just want to see all that. I want to see something different, right? Because well, well, with Will Friend calling plays and with Cadillac as head coach, I would be shocked if Jarquez and Tank Bigsby don't touch the ball at least 45 times in this game. At least 45 times. I think you're going to see him catch the ball in the backfield a bunch too. I think that I don't think the last staff necessarily played to Robbie Ashford's strengths and I wonder if you see that change start this weekend and you see maybe a little less of making Robbie Ashford drop back and throw it 40 times in a game yeah I'm I'm really excited to see what they do I think it is going to be a lot of run I hope I hope that there's some run pass option that Robbie has I think Auburn's going to have a whole lot of rushing yards in this game We'll see if they can throw the ball. I don't think that they'll do it that much. Honestly, I think they'll be more conservative with their game planning. I would love to see some RPO from Robbie Ashford. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with Carter. I think the running backs are going to go wild in this game. Yeah, and, again, with uh, that's just what I want to see. Tomorrow is just something different. Because obviously what Auburn's been doing to this point isn't working. And so I want to see those players that we've been looking for, like a Jeremiah Wright, who should be playing all of the time. I want to see players that are not getting in that should be. And maybe we learned something about this team and we find some hidden talent that hasn't been playing. Because, Camden Brown. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Guys like that that haven't been playing that maybe should be playing. That's what I'm looking for tomorrow, Auburn and Mississippi State. Uh, they're their 12 and a half point underdogs is Auburn tomorrow and I'm interested to see what Cadillac does because we've seen the the videos and the in the quotes coming out how about him just being extremely grateful for the opportunity to be Auburn's head coach oh, I mean I you can it. tell you can tell this has literally changed his life I mean he says it but it, you can tell that he means it when he talks about the conversations with his son I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was that a gets to you for sure. Uh-huh. That was that was awesome. Yeah, and it was good. And I, I also like the somebody else put it on Twitter, I think, but they said, "Wouldn't it be awesome if Auburn started playing the hype video that they've normally played?" You get to the part where it usually has Brian Harson, and it cuts to black, and then all of a sudden you have the go crazy Cadillac run going with Rod in the background. I love that kind of thing. I, I wish Auburn would lean into that kind of thing. 
I, I just I for the Texas A&M game, I need him to say just watch just one time, <laughs> just one time. I don't think he'll do that, but I do like that idea, Jack. And look, they got two weeks to figure it out. So because yeah. uh, obviously Auburn plays at home against Texas A&M, which I think the support next week in Jordan Hare Stadium will be unmatched to what we've seen and already we get this a year. night game even though auburn may not be able to be bowl eligible but we're going to get one more game and it's going to be rocking i think next week oh it absolutely is because t- <laughs> kind of like that tweet right after brian harson got fired by all the auburn football twitter account that just was the most like this this social media account's no longer held hostage by Brian Harson. This program's no longer held held hostage by Brian Harson. This fan base is no longer held hostage <laughs> by Brian Harson. Yeah, I just again, I just think it's so so cool, and it's been really awesome to see how much Cadillac has just embraced his role so far in being the interim head coach and how much it means He's to him. He's so and just, good for Auburn. It's so good for Auburn. And again, and now you can feel just the difference, right, from last week to this week when it was Brian Harson at the helm and now that it's Cadillac Williams at the helm. I mean, you can just you can just feel the difference around the fan base, around the players, around the program, around the school. I mean, everything is changing for Auburn, but in a good way. And I don't think Cadillac's going to be your long-term coach, obviously. I just don't think that's where Auburn's going to go. But I just don't think you could have picked a better guy to step into this role. And we were saying it could possibly be Etheridge, and that was probably our pick was Etheridge to take it. But I'm so happy they went with Cadillac because obviously we haven't seen this team play under him yet, but this week has been really, really good from his standpoint. Go crazy, Cadillac. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait for it. And I, I... I'm excited to see how this team responds under new new leadership, new um somebody that maybe can relate to them a little better because he played at Auburn. He played at Auburn, he was an All-American, he's an Auburn legend. Well, you respect he, him. He I knows mean, what it's like to be in your shoes and and lace it up in the orange and blue. Yeah, and well, he's also talked about recruiting some already, even as an interim coach. Well, he which checks in every day right now, which, which yes, oh my God, yes. it's been forever since and that it happened. Show, but it shows you he is looking forward to the future, even though maybe the future is not really very clear to this staff. He is looking to the future of this program. I really like that from Cadillac. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, tomorrow, Auburn, Mississippi State, 6.30 on ESPN2. We're going to take a little bit earlier of a break. We'll come back. We'll make our picks for Tennessee, Georgia. We'll make our picks for Alabama, LSU, and ultimately we'll make our picks for Auburn and Mississippi State. We'll be right back. Wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Cutton in studio. As we wrap up the show, we got three games to make picks on, gentlemen. Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and then ultimately Auburn and Mississippi State. We've got about six minutes to do so. I mean, maybe seven, but let's start with Alabama, LSU, the one that has major SEC West implications. Alabama on the road. It's a top 10 matchup in Death Valley at night. Who do you guys have? Look, I, I, I said it in the first hour. This feels like all of those years of an Alabama LSU game that we build up the hype. We act like it's going to be this awesome, awesome game. And then Alabama just strangles the life out of LSU for 60 minutes. 
And that's what I think is going to happen in Death Valley. I know it's a night game in Baton Rouge, but I don't think it's enough. I think the night game atmosphere in Baton Rouge keeps them around for a little while. I do think Jaden Daniels may be able to operate a little bit better in, in, Baton, in Baton Rouge. Um, what I don't like from LSU is uh, outside of the Ole Miss game last week where they pummeled the Rebels in the, in the second half, I don't see a huge win by LSU. I see, even though it's a very good Tennessee team, I see a drubbing at home uh, from the Volunteers on LSU. So um, I, I do like Alabama in this one. I don't think LSU is a top-10 team. I think they're a little bit of a fraud, fraud there right now. So uh, I'll take Bryce Young and, and the Tide. Maybe LSU keeps this one close and into the third quarter, but I think Tide run away with it. I'd like LSU's talent in this game to keep them – close to the best that they can um alabama's the better team i mean that's just obvious here they're favored by 13 and a half i think alabama wins i think lsu will keep it close i think we could be sitting at the half and saying all right lsu like i said in the first hour all right lsu's playing they're playing pretty good can they do it for the next two quarters i think they'll just kind of run out you'll see bryce young have some nice plays uh i'll make a statement and say that lsu will cover though i think lsu keeps it within 13 and a half just because you're at home it's at night we'll see if what road Bryce Young shows up is it going to be Heisman Trophy Bryce Young or is it going to be road struggles Bryce Young so we'll see how that goes I like Alabama to win but I think LSU will cover maybe on a sneaky uh, 13 and a half cover so we'll see how that goes I think it'll be a good game though uh, for the most part Tennessee and Georgia this is the biggest game of the weekend it's one of the biggest games of the year number one Tennessee on the road at number three Georgia Jack who's your pick and why I have a stat that I find flabbergasting Ooh, what a word. Oh, yeah, flabbergasting. I pulled that that out of my back pocket. Stetson Bennett has more passing yards this year than Hendon Hooker. I find that incredible. I didn't. I had no idea that that was the case. Stetson Bennett has 2,349. Because Stetson went nuts early in the year. Yeah. Hendon has 11 yards behind him with 2,338 yards. Differences in that, Hendon Hooker has 21 touchdowns and an interception. Here's Here's a question for you. If Georgia wins this game on the right arm of Stetson Bennett, does he get an invite to New York? No. If he goes for like 403 or four touchdowns, does three or no. four, does he throw any picks? Let's say no for argument's sake. So if he throws four touchdowns, his numbers are going to start to look closer to hookers in that point. Maybe, I think, well, like and, I said, I said last in week. a massive moment, he has his big moment, like stardom, Heisman moment. Which would be this game. Yeah. Does Hendon Hooker, on the other hand, if he goes out and does that, does he overtake C.J. Stroud as the favorite? I think he borderline already has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that, too. I think if Stetson Bennett goes out, I think he is going to be in the conversation for going to New York. Maybe like a lot like Bo Nix is right now. You're not sure if he's going to get there. Bo Nix is going to go. Bo Nix is going to be there. Yeah. Because it it looks like it's trending that way. I don't think they're going to lose again. Maybe Utah. That's it. That way. Who you got, Tennessee or Georgia? Um, I actually, I'm going to take Tennessee in this one. I was leaning Georgia earlier in the week, but um, you know, I really like Tennessee. I li- I've liked Hendon Hooker all year long. I think he's going to win the Heisman. So give me the Vols by a very slim margin. I think Tennessee's the best, te- uh, second best team in the country. Ohio State is the best team in the country. Uh, Tennessee's the best team in the SEC. I think they are something that Georgia has not seen yet, with the ability to chuck it down the field and test a. Um, somewhat untested young uh, Georgia secondary. 
And I got Tennessee in this one. Georgia has looked suspect at times this season. Mm-hmm. Florida, a couple of weeks, well, it was actually the last week, Florida got them to a score game, one score game in the second half. You had Auburn hang around in the first half against Georgia on the road at Sanford Stadium. Kent State even came in and put 22 points on. Georgia's looked susceptible at times this year, so – I'm just going to go with Tennessee. I had Georgia earlier in the week, but I think it's Tennessee. Tennessee is eight and a half point underdogs. I think that's too much. Uh, Obviously, the matchup that everybody is looking at is the high-powered Tennessee offense versus the stout Georgia defense. That's where everybody's looking, right? That's what everybody wants to see. What can Hendon Hooker do? What can Georgia do defensively to slow him down and hide it at the, the receiver position? But it's the other side that's going to determine this game. The Georgia offense versus the Tennessee defense. That is what will determine and who will win this football game. Can Georgia put up enough points? And can they take advantage of a Tennessee defense that has given up some points this year? I think that is where this football game will be won and lost by either side. The Georgia offense versus the Tennessee defense. With that being said, eight and a half is too much. I think Tennessee wins. I think obviously they're going to cover because I like this to win outright on the road Tennessee they're just too good I think Georgia will make them uh, sloppy early but I like Tennessee to win this thing on the road and then we got about a minute fellas Auburn on the road tomorrow at Mississippi State any chance they can pull it off under coach Cadillac uh, I just I have a hard time seeing it just because I think the the prep time is going to show I think the lack of it the shakeup on the staff it's asking too much I think Auburn keeps it close for a while but I think Mississippi State late second half kind of pulls away and uh i see him winning this one by this one by two scores two scores see i do do see the same thing i've got mississippi state by one score i think auburn actually jumps out to a lead in this game i think will rogers brings back the bulldogs and they get it to one score so i think mississippi state wins this one but they don't cover I think Mississippi State will probably win by 10 or so. You'll see a good effort by Auburn, and I think Auburn fans are going to be happy with what they see under Coach Cadillac tomorrow against Mississippi State. We are out of time. Carter, you will be joining the drive for the first hour, filling in for Dan, but we are out of here. Come back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.